Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another edition of the Hour of Football Podcast, episode 59. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Really, really excited to get into this pod. We find, I mean, we've been talking about, you know, all kinds of women's soccer for the last, the entire time that quarantine has been happening, but we did it, guys. We finally have a schedule. And with me, as always, is my counterpart, Adriana Terrazas. Good morning, Sunshine. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> Ah, people shouldn't know this. I fell asleep. I never, that never happens. It just, uh, it just, I have no idea what happened. I mean, honest, honestly, I have no idea, but I don't know if it's because it's rainy and it's kind of coldish or something. Um, But literally, I just like closed my eyes for like five minutes and then I was like, oh no. And I'm so sorry, Amy. (laughs) Oh no, you're good. And in my, in your defense, I feel like those are the best sleeps. Like, that's the best sleep. Like, when you don't even feel like sleeping, your body just, like, needs to recharge. And it just, like, falls down. I mean, you feel you feel better now, though, right? You feel renewed, re- rejuvenated, all that good stuff. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure people, like, like have the same problems as, like, everyone here. Because, I mean, my, for instance, like, my back is killing me ever since the quarantine started. So I'm, I'm missing my office chair so, so badly. I even bought a chair, but obviously not the same one. But my back is killing me, so it's, you're still kind of getting used to, like, working at home. It's not the same thing. And people say that we're missing out on being, like, outside and having, like, rays of sun to wake up and stuff like that. So, I don't know. I, I guess it just, I don't know. It was just, like, the accumulation of all these things. Yeah, well, I'm. it's okay. We're still getting the pod done. You're well-rested, so we have <laughs> a lot more energy to be able to talk about this stuff. And joining us today is our special guest. I'm so excited. I'm so excited because I asked her a couple weeks ago and she's in such a good sport about like just waiting and waiting. So Monica Mello from Campeonas MX and also uh, NWSL LA that we're definitely going to get into today. But Mane, how are you today? Good. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm pretty excited to be part of this conversation because I'm so excited always when I have an opportunity to talk about women's soccer. Yeah, definitely. And you're de- and if you guys don't know, uh, you guys should definitely follow her on Twitter. She's one of the absolute coolest people that you can interact with on Twitter. Um, that's actually how her and I met. And then we decided to meet at uh, an LAFC game. And then we were able to connect at the Olympic the Olympic qualifiers, which unfortunately didn't end in a happy ending for Mexico. But, you know, it's definitely cool to get her it, to get Mana's inside as often as possible. Um, Mane, what I really wanted to start off with today for you to just have you on the show and, you know, give you that platform is you are actually the marketing director for NWSL LA, which is a supporter group that's been, you know, working this entire time for the last couple of years to get NWSL uh, a team here in LA. But before I do, um, I needed to ask, because this is where I fall fail as a Spanish speaker. What does RRSS stand for? Oh, it stands for Redes Sociales, which is social media in English. You know how when we have a couple words and it's both plural and then you do the abbreviation, you kind of do the, the double letter like you do with Estados Unidos, like EEUU or Juegos Olímpicos, the double J and the double O. Uh, it applies the same for Redes Sociales. Yeah, we're weird that way. Okay, yes, yes. <laughs> I, I, didn't know, I didn't know that. So like Google was like giving me like a ton of this like somebody mowing their lawn right now in my neighborhood they just decided they're gonna mow the lawn right now they forgot the article about pod was recording but like i was googling it because i was like i don't know what this means i thought it might have i might meet redes sociales but i was like no it has two r's and two s's and google wasn't giving me any good answers so okay i'm glad we figured that out yeah. i now know something learned but uh um, 
you just started with NWSL LA, right? But um, I mean, just tell us a little bit about the experience, obviously with the announcement and then just what you guys are doing right now to engage, even though the team still has like two more years before they're actually like playing. Yeah, so it, it's quite interesting because I can't remember how I first saw about the account when it was only bringing WSL to LA. Uh, I saw it and I started following it and I'm like, this is so interesting because I had been thinking for a while that I really wanted a women's team in LA. So I saw somebody started a movement. So I contacted them and Lindsay uh, answered. So we just started chatting and just seeing how Campeonas could support and, you know, bringing awareness from this campaign. Because obviously in Mexico, they're, they're starting to be a bigger following of this league in there. And I thought LA would be a good plaza because, you know, it's it's a... Is Latino country, and I know a lot of people connect with the city, and it would be like a very interesting uh, city to have a team on. And you know, we we kept chatting, and then I met her at the Olympic qualifier, and we chat a little more. And then they, um, I was invited to a meeting back in February to just talk about it. And I remember she was mentioning, you know, we're not gonna have a team until we're sure that the players can, you know, get a good pay, that it's a solid project. We just don't want it to be something that started because it has to start. So I was quite impressed with that, to be honest with, with you, because it, you know, sometimes in our desire to have female soccer, we kind of push it and then we end up not doing a good project because we just want it, but it has to be done smartly. And I think you know, I respected her for that because I knew like they had a good vision for it. And then surprise, a team was announced and then we talked again and then I was invited back to, to the group. And, uh, you know, because with coronavirus and everything, I kind of got a little disconnected from all of this. And we ho- held a little elections and, you know, I, I got elected as a director of the committee. So I work with uh, different people. It's not just me. It's a whole group that is kind of trying to get involved and making sure the voice is heard of what we want as a group, what we want for the team. And, you know, because women's soccer is all about inclusion and all about uh, just, you know, pushing women to to soar high and to be there. And it's just so exciting to be part of a group that has that in mind, that it just wants to support outside the field. It has a vision of something bigger than just soccer and and I don't know I, I I'm very happy I was elected for this it's really an honor and I just hope uh, you know we can accomplish a lot and then more people it just helps more people get involved with women's soccer so that's the idea you know to show people that this is a really great sport that they have to give it an opportunity and that it's it opens the doors to everybody and that if people want to give it a chance we'll be here to talk about it and you know get people pumped for it I love the fact that yeah, that's um, awesome. and when you guys spoke uh, when when Amy you were introducing Manny, she, she you were like oh we know each other from like social media and something I I was thinking don't we all know each other from like social media doesn't yeah. that isn't that like how we <laughs> yeah. all start off yeah my new, yeah, no, like my awesome. newest joke my newest joke at this point is that like like eighty percent of the friends that I have now are my internet friends like I I have really close like high school friends and stuff but I think like eighty percent of my friends at this point like there was a challenge. Or it was like, you know, do you still talk to people that you knew like five years ago? And I'm like, I think like my five plus year friends are now my internet friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a great place, you know, to find like-minded people, you know, because uh, I mean, personally for me growing up, I didn't have a lot of soccer friends, you know. Um, 
So I, it was just hard to be like, how can I find a community where I can feel comfortable enough to be in the benches with my friends, cheering for the team? And it's like, uh, I, I've met so many incredible people through social media. I'm just so happy that it's being used for good and to connect with amazing people. And speaking, Mane, about this inclusion aspect, since you do run their socials, and I actually didn't know this until we were talking a little bit earlier, you know, when I quote tweeted this, it was NWSL LA's Twitter account, you know, engaging with the Liga MX Feminine schedule. And for me, it was like, well, now that I know you're behind it, I was like, yes, this is exactly what we need, because if there's any place in the world that is going to be connected to the it's going to be that LA dad. Dan and I talked about it as soon as we found out the announcement. And then even people online were like, there's no way that that connection to the border can't be there. When you're going to make an LA team, there's going to be that connection. And I thought that that was just so perfect from you to just hit it on the head and be like, hey, NWSL people, guess what? Here's this league that you can also collaborate with. Yeah, because at the end of the day, I think what we... You know, if you really love the sport, you're going to watch other leagues, you know, not just like the Mexican one, but take a look at the European ones or even the South America one, you know, like now that we're realizing there's so many options and when one league is not around, the other is, you know, and there's just the the fact that we're seeing more and more leagues and more and more games has to excite us as women's soccer fans. So I think, uh, you know, as you said, this being so close to the border and, you know, a city where a lot of Mexican-Americans are born, which a lot of them are actually playing in Liga MX right now, you know, it's a beautiful connection. And I think, you know, one thing I admire about the whole community of women's soccer, you know, there's rivalry for sure, but there, there's this just purity where people just want to support women. They just want to, we want to believe each other and... I think that's exciting. You know, it's like, I think for me, that's the reason soccer exists is to build community, to help us connect, to help us open our horizons to other cultures, to learn more about each other. And and I think it's very important to, to kind of develop that friendship between leagues because the community is there and the community is excited to make new friends in other countries and maybe support a team from that other country, right? So I hope this is like a good opportunity for us to be connecting with fans and maybe bringing people from other countries to realize that this team is a global team, that it's trying to showcase that this is a place for everybody. Yeah, no, definitely. So um, if you guys don't already know, follow uh, at NWSL underscore LA on Twitter, Instagram. Is there, do you guys have Facebook by any chance? I should know this, this is bad. But yeah. do you guys have Facebook yeah. or are there any others that we should know that we should follow you guys on? Yes. Yeah. So Facebook is without the underscore because it doesn't let you add it. Uh, but you can find it as Revelion99, uh, both, uh, well, and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, and also there's a little book club at the Goodreads app as well. So just trying to reach out in all the social media accounts uh, so people can find us in the four of those. Very, very cool. Are you guys keeping that supporter group new? I actually really dig it, uh, the Rebellion 99. I think it's pretty abstract, but, like, as time goes on. Yes, actually, you know, the name is, that's going to be the official name. Right now we're going to work on, you know, the logo and the rebrand and everything. Uh, But for now that's, like, the name obviously inspired in the 99ers and what they did in this city. Um, So, so yeah, it's pretty exciting. I mean, the 
the team isn't around yet and we already, you know, launch a bunch of things. And again, it's just a very passionate community that's ready to rock and roll and get the ball rolling. So yeah, it was a, a general consensus. And I think everybody agreed that the 99ers had to be present in the name. I find, I find it so amazing that we have the NWSL team. Um, there's already a support group. And, and the other example I have is LAFC a year ago with Carlos Vela. They had a support group even before um, they signed their first player. So it just goes to show, I mean, despite the fact that there was already another LA team, it just goes to show that how, I mean, how hungry and thirsty these fans are for even more soccer in, in the city, especially NWSL. I mean, we saw all the announcements coming in about changing the names in, in Seattle, um, and then obviously having uh, racing Louisville, and, was, and it just—it was just like, how, like really, how come there wasn't an, an NWSL team um, at this point in LA? I mean, it's just some, one of those things that you—it comes naturally. I mean, so I can't imagine the, the like the tons and tons of support this team is going to have just because it's such a soccer-based city and it's shown it so many times before. Yeah, and, and I mean, already 800 people have subscribed to be part of the supporters group, which is amazing. I mean, it's just the beginning. I can't imagine how many more people are going to join uh, as it gets closer to 2022. Uh, but you're right. People are really hungry. I was actually pretty surprised when I moved here that there wasn't a female team. But, you know, better later than never. And do you think um, I, I, I've heard I've heard that um, the official team, I mean, it's not totally decided they could change it or not. Would you guys want it to, to stay the way it is or are you looking would you like like as fans? Do you think they'll look for another name or some kind of like, I, I don't know, another slogan or something? Because they did come up with this idea that it, it might not stay as the way it was presented. But what would, what would you like? You know, I, I don't know. I, I think uh I think I, I haven't really read because for me, it's very important to read what the fans are saying. People seems like people are liking the name, but you know, I, I, I honestly haven't, we haven't had that conversation a lot. I just think again, people are connecting with the name, but I do think there's probably an opening to change it. I guess it's all going to be about the leadership of the team and what they decide. Uh, I haven't been involved in that conversation so far, but I know, uh, I mean, it's going to be probably till the end of the year when we're going to know. But honestly, as long as it encases what the city is about, I'm fine with whatever name they choose, you know. So we'll see what happens. It's I do think it's going to stay with this, but you never know. I, for one, actually really dig it. At first, I, was, I, like, I didn't not like it. I never disliked it. Like, when it came out, I was like, oh, okay. Like I, But then it's like... It's actually very, very simple, but yet super effective. Like Angel City SC, like it has that, I don't want to say feminine, because it's not so much feminine, but I don't know. It just has that feel like, like, yeah, this is an LA team. It's a women's LA team, but it's not like girly or like out there or right. anything. I, I mean, I would I would be uh, like Mana saying, I would be interested to see what else they come up with. But I think Angel City's pretty, pretty on the note. Like if you could try to come up with something better, but I think people are really digging it. Like, like you said, it's it's just like really simple, but also kind of perfect. So I'm definitely on the boat. Like keep it. I'm totally down with it. Um, I'm not I'm not too crazy about like the colors, but I wouldn't be opposed to the colors either. I kind of like to say that's on social, but I I, I would I would want to see maybe the colors change. But I actually do enjoy the name. Yeah, kind of like the. All right, guys. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, but all right. No, yeah, just like Mana said, uh, keep an eye out. You know, definitely exciting stuff coming um, in the next two years before the ball is even kicked. But uh, definitely follow um, at NWSL underscore LA or without the underscore on Facebook and just keep up with it. They're doing some really cool stuff. And obviously Mana is, you know, ha- has a direct hand in everything everything involved with her team so, so we know that these good hands that are working to you know make this a supporters team as inclusive as a supporter group very much involved with the culture and the community of the club itself so i'm excited to see um what people at angel city fc do alongside you at your supporters group but uh moving on ah uh, guys we're we have a schedule a Liga mx family schedule after Five months, and th- that's crazy. I didn't actually think about that until Mariana Gutierrez said it um, that night. You know, it's been five months without any competitive play at all. Um, Adriana, I'll start it off with you. Uh, you know, what what was that background with then You know, kind of announcing and getting that you know exclusive with my with Mariana, but also like, how are you feeling now that the league's finally almost here? I hadn't realized it was five months. Either. I mean, I I, had, I I thought it was oh yeah, we stopped in March, and then I but I never actually counted how many months had passed. Um, that, that's just, just crazy. They haven't paused this long ever since the league started. Um, I, well, everything I guess has paused five months. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, we were obviously expecting a schedule a, a couple of weeks ago. We knew it was gonna uh, be pushed back a bit after they said that the league wasn't gonna start off alongside the men's. But obviously, the biggest questions were, when are we going to play if there were so many changes to the men's schedule? I mean, they're playing Thursday through Mondays now. Um, usually, Mondays was the Liga Max Femenil day. I mean, it was like the day you were actually expecting to see all those really great matches. And now we have the schedule. Um, it's falling up again, also Thursdays through Mondays. Fortunately, um, from, this, from the schedule, from like the times I've seen, um, most of the teams won't be playing at the same time as the men's side, which is obviously still a concern. I mean, I wish it were strong enough to hold its own against the men's side at the same time. But obviously you have to think about TV rights and hopefully people going back to the stadiums at some point. But um, we, we are seeing um, some of the games being mid-afternoon, uh, just before the men. Usually the men start off around 7 p.m. Uh, fr- uh, Fridays, Saturdays, and, and Thursdays, obviously. Uh, but we're seeing, I think they're kind of staying true to what we know. I mean, you, you're going to see Pumas playing at midday on Saturdays, for instance. Um, I did see a big change with Tigres, but seeing as though Tigres was one of those teams that was so strong once they were playing at the Universitario with their fans. I mean, I remember those record crowds on a Monday night, which was just just crazy. I mean, you saw people going out there uh, 9 p.m. to watch the women's game uh, at the beginning of the week. So now the thing is, they're not going to have the support from their fans. Hopefully we all will be able to go back soon. But um, I did see that change, for instance, for Tigres, where it's like, why are we playing in the stadium at night, which it probably costs a lot of money to have. Um, and we're not going to have the support of our fans, so we could just play as easily some other time, which is kind of sad. But yeah, I, I mean, I do understand those changes. And obviously, um, whatever's best for the players um, will obviously be a priority. So yeah, kind of, I'm excited to see what Mazatlan is up to, seeing how many players uh, still coming from, from Monarcas. Um, Obviously, the squads aren't available entirely yet, which will give us a huge idea of how um, all these squads were built. We saw so many players leave during the offseason. Um, all these teams, America, Monterrey, uh, Tigres, getting rid of 7 to 11 players in, on some occasions. So it's going to be interesting to see um, how, the, how, they, how they build up for, for this season. Yeah, it, you yeah know, it, definitely. And Mane, as our, as our in-house Tigres fan... 
I don't, yeah. I don't think I think I know as big as a theaters fan as like you are uh, online on social. <laughs> Uh, your thoughts on just like the announcement, you know, the the schedule release, and then of course, yeah, for Tigres, like what Adriana is mentioning, you know, this crazy kind of compromise that they made to their time slot. You know, it's it's rough, you know, because I think Tigres is a the team that brings the most audience, both in the stadium and on TV. Um, so it's kind of rough to see they remove because it was already a tradition to do Lunes at Tigres Femenil. You know, people already were calling it that. They were already saving their Mondays to go to the stadium. But, you know, seeing the conversations in social media, it seems people are fine with waking up. And like we said, instead of carne asada, we're going to have tacos de barbacoa. <laughs> and uh, it's just, uh, you know, I mean, for me, it's not the best because that means it's going to be pretty early here in L.A. It's going to be at 7.30 a.m. But you know what? It's worth it. It's, it's, it's you know, part of the compromise and, it's complicated right now because of the whole scheduling, like you were saying. I think the the difference now in the men's scheduling played a big part on why they had to switch it. And obviously also because of the TV channel that's playing them. Because it's different for Fox Sports than TUDN. And, you know, there's nothing we can do about it. But again, the fans at the end of the day are going to watch it whatever time you put it of the day or whatever day you choose. You know, and that only shows you how faithful of a fan base Tigres has. So it's going to be interesting because the first two uh, jornadas, it's not going to be local. They're going to play Toluca first and then Mazatlán, and then they're going to play local, I believe, against Santos. And um, so we'll see at least how big the numbers are. I think people are still going to connect. It's not like we're going outside. People are going to be home. So maybe it's going to be better viewership now that people can be at the stadium, sadly. And, you know, a lot of people were questioning if they put the classical later in the tournament because of the possibility of having fans in the bench. But then, you know, I was like, listen, I don't think we're going to go back this year to the stadium. But, you know, maybe they had that in mind. Uh, but which I don't crazy to think about. Which is crazy to think about because I remember, like, if we go back to March and we're thinking of, like, you know, what we thought at that point it was like yeah by november december this will totally be taken care of and then like i was writing you know yeah same same thing that you're thinking i was looking like okay all the classicals are definitely in the later jornadas maybe they're thinking fans will come and in the back of my head it's like there's no way that that's even remotely possible especially in the u.s especially in mexico um but i I don't know maybe they know something that we don't maybe they've been looked into the future and realized that you know the pandemic (laughs) somehow can slow down in both of the countries but yeah i it would be cool. I mean, MLS is already trying to freakishly include stuff in, like, local areas. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I mean, and for you, uh, Mari, because you are, uh, you know, here in the U.S. with me, um, how awesome was it to have it actually, like, shown on TV and then to have Mariana Gutierrez, like, on it talking about the league? It's, you know, it's so... I, I never stop being amazed by how much this league is growing. For me, like seeing tournament after tournament, all of a sudden I'm not complaining on social media that it's impossible to watch a game here. All of a sudden, as you said, we're having an announcement of calendar, an official announcement with a pre-recorded video and everything. And you're like, wow, you know, like never taking those things for granted, you know, because I know at the end of the day, this is happening because of fans show that there's a market and that we care. And 
you know, it's exciting to see La Liga starting to respond because a lot of people were doubtful when this started. Like, how is it going to be? Is it going to be successful or not? You know, and it's only been three years. And look, the ginormous strides they've done, you know, because for some people, it doesn't seem like big, uh, you know, strides. But for me, it is, you know, I never thought in three years we were going to be where we're at. So I personally can't imagine what's going to happen in the next five, ten years, you know, and see how much more the, the league grows, it, where at one point you're going to allow people from other countries to play uh, in the in the league or even start having international tournaments that we were talking about earlier, you know, like where it starts getting people more and more involved. But I definitely have seen what I never thought I was going to see in Mexico, which is, you know, <laughs> people rallying behind women's soccer. So, and you and I kind of talk a lot, a little bit about it on Twitter, like how exciting it was to see our timelines packed. Yes. About the and it, it was so late here. It was 10.30 p.m., like midweek. It, it yeah. was just so, I was like, oh my God, no one's going to care. And they're going to like, oh, like the next day. And, and now all of a sudden we have, hey, calendars out. I I remember we posted a tweet with 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 this with the story and important dates and everything, and it had so many likes and retweets. And I was like, wow. I mean, I mean, I I we obviously all like to think that it's it's bigger than than we we would expect, but but still, I mean, I was I was honestly surprised. And I mean, it's going to be such such a different season now because there's no age limit now. Um, for, yeah. There's no age limit, and they also took I mean, they also restricted um, no players under 15, which I think was kind of smart because we did see some really great players, but it was just so difficult for the coaches to have someone uh, like Monica Ocampo, who was like 34 or 35, and then have yeah. someone um, like Laila Garcia, who I think was like 12 or 13 at some point. So I, I can't understand how that's difficult. And I mean, it doesn't mean that they're not worried about bringing in new players because we do see some of the clubs having um, youth squads and now they're bringing in like players um, whenever they're ready to, to the senior team. I mean, we see it with Chivas, we see it with America. Whenever the player comes up and they're like, this is a player that was with with a youth squad or youth roster. And you were like, oh, wow, they have like a youth team. And, and there was actually a big rumor saying, uh, that they were trying to prepare a U17 tournament at some point, which I mean, very cool. Hopefully, it will happen at some point. But I'm, I mean, it's just good to see the teams are actually preparing beyond having just one team do well any season. Um, so we're gonna have that. Unlike the men's side, we don't. We'll have a regular top eight teams in the league, yeah, not a top 12 uh, fighting off for the last position. It's a weird thing that they did with the men's side this season. Um, which I'm kind of happy about, to be honest. I mean, I, I'm not quite sure how I feel about having 12 teams have the possibility of being champions at the end of, of the regular season. Um, so we're going to have chaos. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, we obviously have Mazatlan coming in as a new team, so we'll see how that goes. But we're also seeing, for instance, Mazatlan having uh, a women's sports, sporting director joining Nelly Simon with Chivas. Um, we have America, we have Puebla. So it, it's looking good for the league. I mean, obviously, we're really sad because, I mean, there was also a national team activity this year at the beginning uh, with the U-20s and the U-17s. They're going to just push that back. And I think they're having activity just uh, January 2021. But still, I mean, it's it's awesome to see this, um, all the growth that's happened for, for three years. And now, I mean, we've slowly grown into a league that, again, doesn't have that age limit, which started off as a U23, the U24, U25. And I think it reached a point where they're like, dude, I think we didn't think this through. So let's just like remove yeah. the age limit. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and also, you know, and I was, we talked a lot about 
other teams, you know, normally the conversation is focused on two or three teams, but now, you know, you got Querétaro, like Carla Rossi arrived, Toluca and Leon, you know, really got good players. So you started seeing a lot of movement, you know, the announcement of Mazatlán Femení, that they hired Jessica Castañeda, you know, as their um, directora deportiva, you know, and and it's just... uh, it's just fascinating to see that now we're talking about several teams, you know, I would say all, the only teams we really haven't heard a lot about is like Pumas and Santos, you know, it's been pretty quiet, but other than that, we've heard a but lot. Even, of even Pumas, yeah, even Pumas had like their, their time in the spotlight. I mean, sadly yeah. it was at the, towards the coronavirus, the pandemic yeah. starting, but they finally got their chance in the spotlight when, you know, so many, you, you got to see physically how many people actually support them and were willing to go and see them at the stadium. Yeah, and, and it it definitely, you know, for sure with that, I know Pumas is, is growing more and, and I think it was just this tournament, like, it's like Tigres, you know, we haven't really heard any big news as we're used to and I think that's fine. There was a lot of changes in the team starting with the director but uh you know the the Pumas like it was so exciting to see now them playing in Seoul but like they still don't have their independent social media account so it's kind of like you kind of have to be the only team it's so frustrating yeah Mazatlan hasn't even played a game and they have a they have their own women's social media account and it's just so frustrating because Pumas was last to do so many things and it's such a big team I mean, they were last to play in their state. I mean, obviously Mazatlan, but they're playing like the second week against Tigres, so that, that'll happen quickly. Yeah. Um, but it's so frustrating also because the day that Pumas actually did play a game in their stadium, it was as a consequence of um, Women's International Day or something in March. Um, and then it was just the weekend where everyone was talking about the league being canceled because of coronavirus. So I think actually people didn't really, un- like, people didn't know that that game was going on because we were already talking so much about, oh, the league is going to be suspended first and then canceled and the virus is coming in and what are we going to do? So I actually think it didn't get that much attention, which is so frustrating because, again, it was their first game after almost three years of having a league. You have one of the top four teams in the country, like like one of the four club teams um, in popularity and, and just tradition and everything. And they were like, oh, my God, they're finally playing in their stadium. And it was like everyone was just talking about something else. So it was it was just something that um, it's so frustrating because it doesn't seem likely now, even like without fans, especially to have them play at the stadium again. Yeah. And it was it's funny because a lot of people still went to the stadium. I think if coronavirus wasn't happening, it could have been a packed house. Uh, but I did see a lot, a lot of people go. I think it was just bittersweet because I was excited to see it, but at the same time worried that all those people went. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> like feeling about like, no, you know, you really want to celebrate this moment because it's huge. But at the same time, this pandemic is happening. So what? how should I feel about this? Uh, and, you know, I hope. I really hope this is not just the first and the last that they, you know, get an opportunity to play in Seoul more. And I think it's going to happen because, I, again, I think they still got a pretty good response. And I think, honestly, they they would have filled out the stadium if we were in another situation. Yeah, I agree. And I think that going to what you out, like this feeling that and I, I was even thinking the exact same thing when I was writing my like my post like you know schedule release kind of thoughts um piece 
you know, if it did feel like that, maybe it's because we had more time to just digest, you know, what it, what was happening. Maybe it was because, you know, we had, you know, so there were so many departures from so many of the big teams kind of trickling down to like the other teams. You know, you had your, or vice versa, you had your Yamile Franco leaving, heading over to Real, stuff like that, right? That it kind of all just started interconnecting. That it felt like, oh, like you said, we have Carlo Rossi heading to Querétaro. We have this player, you know, coming over here. That it did, it did feel like that yesterday. It felt like every every team was involved in some shape, way, or form in a different way. And now we were just, you know, so excited to just see any team. You know, like I was looking at like games to watch for next week, and I was like, all of them. I want to see all of yeah. them. I want to see how every team <laughs> is coming back after not having played for five months. And the time, you know, just like you were saying, it's been three years, but it's already grown so much in like different capacities. The timeline very much felt the way that it that it felt when we were all kind of anticipating the NWSL Challenge Cup schedule to be released or the news of their, you know, what they were going to do with this upcoming season that I think speaks volumes of, like, just the, the potential that we keep always talking about what this league is able to do. Right. Yeah, it's, I don't know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how this tournament unfolds. I think, uh, I hope it doesn't recur to being canceled or anything of the sort. I hope we're in the last leg of coronavirus and, you know, that that the players are safe, most importantly of all, that they can uh, play without being worried about this uh, virus. But at the same time, you know, that they feel comfortable enough to be there. And um, I don't know, it, it scares me a little bit because I know it the the league would cancel it in a heartbeat if something happened, you know, because they pushed the calendar after some players tested positive, whereas they didn't do that with the men's league. So, I mean, obviously the most important thing, as I said, is their health, but I, I don't want them to have any excuse either to look to cancel a tournament again. And then we have to miss a whole other season without seeing them, which for me personally is the league that I miss the most. No, yeah, definitely. Same thing. I was, I had, po- I had tweeted that I think like before the schedule came out yesterday or you know the other day. It was like I, of course, first and foremost, like just be as safe as possible. The players' health and staff and everybody. I mean, we're seeing you know the men's side kind of have trouble adjusting to that as, as they do. So I don't want that to happen with the women's side. And Mariana kind of talked about that, right? The one of the advantages of starting later is the fact that they've been able to see what's working and what's not working. So, you know, it'll definitely be interesting to see how that procedure takes place. But same here. I've just been so in such anticipation of seeing this league finally return and finally come back. And I'm so excited that now that it's here, we have a little bit of time left because I know we all have to go get on with other things. But just, you know, just like a quick, uh, Adriana, you know, what games are you looking forward to next week? And, you know, hot take who do you who do you see as like the top three for this and then money I'll, I'll hand it over to you um i honestly like the first two games are awesome i mean juarez chivas and cruz azul america i'm just so eager to see uh chivas with so many players coming back um i was reading um gabby huerta coming back after an eight month uh, injury with tyranny um just i mean it's gonna be exciting they're getting they have a new coach after Villa Ceballos left they have Chore Mejia coming in from the men's third division eager to see what he brings to the team as well and then obviously on Saturday um we have Cruz Azul versus America I mean that that's just that's so amazing I mean I'm sorry that was on Friday um see that I'm, I'm still not used to the games on Thursdays um uh-huh. 
So yeah, I mean, I I was just remembering all those. I mean, despite the fact that I honestly, personally, really hate them being in another state, and I understand that they have a historic logo and everything. I mean, it's still it's not the official Cruz Azul crest that they're wearing. Um, I don't understand why. I just, I mean, really, I have no idea. It's 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 a thing with them playing in another like another club facilities and stuff, but. Still, I mean, for me, it should be just the same as the men. But um, despite that, I'm I'm really eager to see um, play the seeing them play against America. I was remembering uh, the game right now when we had the third year anniversary for the league, the one where Cruz Azul played against Chivas, and Chivas had this amazing free kick where they kind of like fooled everybody to making like, oh no, we missed this free kick, we're not communicating, and then they scored. It was just such an amazing game. Um, so usually games in Cruz Azul are pretty exciting. So. Uh, we have that, and obviously there's a big rivalry between these both uh, institutions. So that's going to be really great. And obviously, I want to see I want to see the Tigres. I mean, I, I, they play against Toluca. Um, not quite sure what to expect from Toluca, but always seeing Tigres is one of those really exciting uh, teams to watch. They have such amazing players, really high quality national team players as well. So I'm kind of eager to see. I think all 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 those three games um, and top three teams for the season. Um, I mean, it has to be Monterrey. I mean, they did amazing like signings during the offseason. I mean, they have Alejandria Godinez coming in from Pachuca. I think, I mean, if they were like title contenders before, I can't imagine. Like, there's no way I can say that they're even more so now. I mean, they they just always were title contenders, but now that it just seems that they're so solid. So Monterrey, uh, Tigres. I, I want to say Pachuca because again I'm rooting for a team that hasn't won before. I mean I I, I know I've done this for like forever. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'd love to see a new team uh, be champion. I think it'll bring um, diversity to the league and just make sure that everyone understands the power of having a really strong squad during the season. Manu, what about you? So I for obvious reasons I'm pretty excited for the Tigres game against Toluca. It's going to be a very interesting game because I think Toluca got really good signings. Uh, it's just sad that I have to wait three more days to watch that game, but it's it's worth it. It's not that much time. Uh, I'm excited to keep watching what Stephanie Mayor has in her pocket, you know, because we only saw her for three games. So and she know, only got six goals. <laughs> I, I think she got a hat trick in once, right? Wasn't it? She was it a perfect, perfect hat trick? Hat trick. Yeah, yeah, and she was at the top of the goal scorers with only three games, which is pretty impressive. So I'm I'm really excited to see what she's gonna do this tournament. Uh, I think Cruz Azul America it being you know it's a it's like a more of a uh, male clasico, but I still think like it's gonna it seems like an attractive game that I I probably want to watch because I think America too got good signings, so we're gonna see. And I would say the third one, Atlas Mazatlan. I've always liked Atlas as a team. Uh, I actually would like them to win a championship once. I think, you know, they just struggle a little bit in Liguilla, but they've always had a solid team. And excited to see what Mazatlan is going to bring to the table. Uh, you know, it's a new team. It's always nice to see what the new team brings. So uh, I think that would be the third uh, game I'm interested in. I think top, as always, is going to be Tigres and Rayadas. And I would add Chivas on the mix because I think... From all the teams, I think Chivas is one of the top that got really, really good signings. I'm excited to see how Carolina Jaramillo is gonna develop herself there. Uh, you know, they were they weren't didn't give their best tournament in the last one, so I I want to see them back on top. Uh, so I think we're gonna see a, a great version of them again. 
Very, very cool. No, yeah. I for me it's all of Hornella one. All of it. Just watch all of it <laughs> as much as you can. That that's my thing. And top three. Top three, I said, uh, yeah, Tigres Rayas, no question. And then I, I put America because they're also pretty, I, I find them to be, um, yeah, I think they're going to have a, a solid team. But honorable mentions, like Chivas definitely. And then I said this like two weeks ago, or I've been saying this since they got, you know, um, since they got Lucero. And I, I think Leon's going to gonna be up there too. I, I, I see them doing something this season um, like we've never seen them do before. Like, I just feel like it's going to be like their moment. And I'm really excited. And of course, they're doing like fantastic stuff on digital. Um, but uh, Mana, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so happy that we were able to finally connect. Definitely something that we definitely want to do. Um, later on uh, quickly if there's anything you wanted to promote or let us know where we can find your work or anything like that thank you uh, my username you can find me on twitter and instagram as arroba manecamelo um, I'll make sure uh, to to send it to when I promote this podcast to make sure everybody listens to it uh, so yeah you can find me there I'm mostly active on twitter that's where you know it's my soccer community I'm just thank you guys for this chance to talk with you. It was it was pretty exciting. This is my first podcast in English, so a uh, little milestone. And thank you for for again for the chance to talk about something that's very close to my heart, which is Liga MX Femenil. And yeah, I look forward to any future collaboration with the both of you. Yeah, same here. You did fantastic, by the way. Just like we told Tati, you guys are doing great. Don't even worry about it. This is a safe space. Speak Spanglish, Spanish, English, whatever. We're here. We're here for you. Adriana, how are you feeling? You feel more awake now? Do you want to go back to sleep? Now, if, if I can't sleep later, it's going to be like, oh, lesson learned. You see, you shouldn't even like even get close to like a pillow, a sweater, or just anything like midday. It just, no, no, no. But I'm so happy I got to speak with you guys. I mean, because it is... Um, I mean, first of all, despite the fact we can't actually see anybody, I mean, we're all like still stuck in quarantine and we haven't seen so many people in so, in so long. It's always so nice to actually speak to, to other people about women's soccer and everything that's exciting about the league. So I really appreciate that with you guys. Yeah, same here. Always a great time to be able to talk about it. The league is back. We're, and Adriana and I are definitely going to have some cool stuff coming out um, before the season starts next week. So definitely keep an eye out on that. As always, keep up with the content. Make sure to follow the hashtags LigaMXFEMENG. Uh, check out Campeona de Mekis that Mari's doing. Check out NWSLA. Just focus on women's soccer as much as you can because at the end of the day, it is our football. All right, guys. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week. <laughs>